Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. Today, we're talking about all the DC Studio drama as gun fires off. Plus, do we need an Avatar 5? And for trailer time, we get our first look at two of 2023's highly anticipated movies with stacked casts, and they're releasing on the same day. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Ho, 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 you filthy animals. I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin. And if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for today's episode, we got the two OG elves in the workshop, Mr. Nate Shelton, Kevin Hudson. How are you, boys? I'm living alone. I'm living alone. <laughs> Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. just home alone that's all we need that's the only christmas we need these days i have i i save that one closer to christmas Mm -hmm. upon the rewatch i am amidst uh my christmas watch which uh spoiler alert that's what i'll be talking about for 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 watching towards the end of this episode (laughs) um but yes christmas is is upon us we are less than a week away um how you guys feeling you guys prepared you guys ready to rock yeah you know what this was the first year that i can remember for i think ever uh that i've actually gotten all my shopping everything wrapped prior to december 1st uh which is nuts it's just absolutely crazy so we've we've pretty much gotten i think there might be like one more thing we have to wrap but everything else has been bought and ready to go uh for for the last 20 days now and it's it's fantastic it's such a nice feeling to sort of get that done sooner than later it just means you got to spend money and and make a lot of decisions but you know how good i am at the first part so (laughs) (laughs) and and this time you have to spend it on other people so it's it's an adjustment uh, there you go a little bit um yeah but uh shopped and wrapped and ready to go which is uh always a nice feeling i love online shopping i do not miss the malls at all um it's Mm. just so much easier these days uh, and, and that yeah. said, I've been to the mall about eight times to visit Santa, um, multiple times. I've seen many Santas this year. Well, let's uh, let's get into that because I, I wanted to ask you. You both did, I believe, you both have done the the newborn first Santa experience. What was that all? Yeah, uh, I I got to say it was uh, um, little Robbie is not very photogenic in that she <laughs> just she's kind of she just she knows the camera's there and stops smiling. She was smiling oh, the no. whole way up through the line, but as soon yeah. as you get a camera in front of her, she's done. Um, and that kind of worked well, especially with the one Santa we saw at Yorkdale, who also wasn't very photogenic and okay. refused to smile. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the picture we have. Uh, we took Kessel uh, to go meet Santa and, and have a nice mm-hmm. picture with the dog and everything. And this guy was so nice. He was so jovial. Oh, how are you? Merry Christmas. Your daughter's beautiful. Your dog's amazing. But as soon as the camera turned on, this guy (laughs) frowned. It was so weird. And so we have five pictures with him. And he went into pure (laughs) frown mode every single time. So I, I I kind of appreciate that. I like that for the memory. You know, I'm yeah, wondering. He, I'm wondering. He, it's such a popular show on Netflix right now. Maybe he's just a huge fan of Wednesday Adams. He's going for like a Wednesday Adams look in his in his Santa photos. Yeah. That photo is hilarious too because you guys are like all smiling with teeth. Of course, not Robbie, but 
you know, you 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 guys are all smiling with teeth. You got a good shot of Kessel as well, yeah, and, and like, like you just got frowny. He was you got a frowny Joe, Santa. Happy, yeah. and then as soon as they were like three, two, one. Maybe he's he, not photogenic. It was Maybe he's weird. Just not photogenic. I don't know where they found yeah, this taking... homeless man with a long beard, <laughs> oh, no. but he was not yeah. very good at smiling. Yeah, taking a newborn to see Santa, it, it was a smooth process. Uh, to Kevin's point, they're not overly photogenic that early in yeah. their in their lives even now it's it is very much if we try to snap a photo of her smiling it's it's hard to get a good photo of her smiling but we we, we got some and nice. um yeah it's it's an experience in itself but uh, i think it'll definitely become a a tradition here well so. yeah and we have we have a couple friends uh, eric and leanne who brought their uh, son and daughter and i love the shot of their daughter uh, they have it like just captured running. in real time as she's <laughs> crying and running away, and then they have to bring her back, and she's still crying. And then Dad had to get into the photo and hold her just so she was comfortable with this scary Santa man. Um, I almost look forward to that stage where, you know, you you can't even hope to get the 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 good Santa photo because they're terrified of him for some reason. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, rightfully so. You're sitting on a stranger's lap. Come on, <laughs> Who, what 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 child? wouldn't be terrified (laughs) (laughs) i don't trust this guy he's not the real santa come on makes me think of elf absolutely and that's that's a fantastic rendition of of how probably children are when it comes to (laughs) understanding (laughs) santa is this guy real i don't i don't really trust him um but guys as i said at the top of the show we got a lot of news to talk about Mm -hmm. this is our last episode of 2022 and it did not disappoint because we got some juicy stuff to talk about so let's get into the news it's all about the details all right our first news story is actually probably a variety of news stories that are all connected to the same news story. So I'm going to start off with our first article that pretty much surmises a lot of the events that have happened around DC Studios. Uh, this one comes from Matt Donnelly over at Variety. James Gunn is writing the new Superman film. Henry Cavill will not be returning, but is I to play a different DC character? Things are heating up in Metropolis as DC Studios co-head James Gunn has announced he is writing a new feature film about Superman. In step with the new project, Gunn has also revealed that Henry Cavill will not be returning as the hero. In a tweet, Gunn shared, Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. Among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. But we just had a great meeting with Henry and we're big fans and we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Sources close to DC told Variety that Gunn and his co-president Peter Saffron and Cavill met recently and are all energized to find something in the comic book universe for Cavill to tackle. He also confirmed this on his own uh, Twitter uh, about reprising the role of, of Superman in a statement he shared, oh sorry, on Instagram, not Twitter. It's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman, began his post. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life. I respect that James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them uh, wish them and all involved 
uh, with the new universe, the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. Now, Gunn has been working on this new Superman story for some time, insiders say. The script will focus on a character, the character's life as a cub reporter in the fictional city of Metropolis. Audiences uh, will see him encountering key characters like his colleague uh, Lois Lane. Additionally, Variety sources said that the new Gunn project will not replace the previ- previously announced J.J. Uh, Abrams, Tanahisi Coates Superman concept, which is still an active development. Cavill isn't the only star from the last DC era to sit down with Gunn and Saffron. Uh, in a tweet, Gunn mentioned that Ben Affleck, who played Batman in the numerous Zack Snyder uh, films, uh, recently met with the pair uh, specifically to discuss the prospects of directing an upcoming DC feature. Uh, individuals familiar with those talks said that it went well. The Superman news comes after a week of headlines following Warner Brothers' decision to not move forward with a new Wonder Woman movie as well from director Patty Jenkins. Uh, Last week, Tuesday, Jenkins tweeted out a lengthy statement saying she was open to considering anything asked of of her in regards to the potential of a third project, but it was scrapped. Shortly after, Gunn responded with the support to Jenkins on Twitter. I can attest that all of Peter and my interactions with you were uh, only pleasant and professional. Uh, Gunn also stated that uh, details of a reimagined DC universe are expected to come in January. Mm. So uh, this is uh, a variety of things that happened all in the course of of, of a week and a half. Um, I guess, how do we feel about Henry Cavill being removed as the titular character of Superman. I, I I think it's refreshing. I think it's it's the best course of action uh, to really give the studio the opportunity to start fresh. Um, but I don't know. There's, uh, of course, an uproar on Twitter. Fans are losing their shit. Uh, I remember for a couple of days, uh, Fire James Gunn was, was trending on Jeez. Twitter, uh, which was just absurd. I mean, the, the only course of action that DC could take here was a full reboot. We've been, we've been talking about this on this podcast for years, that they've needed to, you know, wipe the slate and try again. Uh, obviously, whatever they did with Snyder, just it didn't quite work. Uh, and as good as Henry uh, Cavill was in the role of Superman... It doesn't matter. They've needed this fresh restart for years. And I think the only mistake that they've made is coming out and publicly saying, we're doing it all over. We're, we're, we're wiping the slate. Sorry, Henry, you're gone. Everyone's gone. Um, but details are soon to come. No, they needed to make that announcement and say, and here's what we're doing as a replacement. I think this this downtime in between saying that the Snyderverse is over and there's a new start coming, but nothing, you know, being announced. I think that's the biggest mistake they've made, uh, let alone whatever The Rock is out there doing uh, with his very bruised ego right now. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that in the next news story that continues this. But I I would love to also just point out, we've been talking about this since Peacemaker. Mm -hmm. We were saying we would love James Gunn to step in and helm the DC studio in the right direction. That has happened now. We also talked about how we would love to see a hard reboot on everything. Just scrap 
everything. So no more Superman, no more Wonder Woman. There's rumors that Jason Momoa is no longer going to be Aquaman, but they're going to shift him into a new DC character like Lobo, who he's more passionate about be, playing. That would be really good. So what does that mean for Aquaman 2? The Flash is, is, is up in the air as to what it is. A lot of people are saying Flash is probably going to be the hard reset for the DC studio, and, and that's going to be kind of the course of action that helps to kind of push it in a different direction. What does it mean for, you know, Shazam, this Blue Beetle movie? I, I say just 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 wipe them out, all of them. Like, just get rid of it. This, this brings me back to a beautiful moment uh, that happened fairly recently that I think was absolutely gorgeous of seeing the Oscar for The Flash Enters the Speed Force <laughs> was <laughs> a night, a moment that I don't think any of us will ever forget. Uh, and I think, you know, hearing about the Discord online doesn't surprise me. You know, it's the Zack Snyder army coming out and, and you know, creating these hashtags. Um, I think, you know what? I think you're right, Kevin. I think if they, it, it, it comes down to, are they more of a Zack Snyder fan or are they more of a DC fan? Because if, if, mm. if Gunn came out and said, cool but here's what we've got planned and and i i'm excited to see what what he says in january um it'll be interesting to see how many of those people that are behind fire james gun maybe jump over to his side oh, and say course. oh well no yeah. but you're gonna give us this okay great you know if i'm but, I, i'm almost yeah. wondering if we could even get like can we start finding different groups of different uh dc fans and start pitting them against each other can we get the like the uh you know the the grant gustin fans right from the from the tv show can we get them involved get him as the flash i think he's an i, I for what i've seen of that show and i haven't seen a lot but for what i've seen of him as the flash he's he's great he's he's an excellent choice for that role and i think that would be a great way to appease existing live action DC fans. I think the idea mm -hmm. of Momoa going into Lobo, I think is a great way to appease them. And you know what? I think, I think Henry Cavill, if he wants to be, if, if they bring him in as a different character, um, but still give him his time in the sun, you know, I think, I, I think that's the only part of this story. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. That, good. That's a super bad reference. Yeah. For sure. reference, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think the only thing that kind of hits me a little bit and it's like, Oh yeah, sure. Boohoo. The, the, super rich superstar is not going to be Superman. Uh, I think that's the only part for me that I'm, I'm a little upset by a little disappointed by is like, he, he is such a great Superman and he, he, I think he really did enjoy playing that character. And I think getting him into a, a James Gunn led version of that character could have been something really spectacular. Well, I, you know, again, I think to Kevin's point that he mentioned that they didn't necessarily do enough to kind of affirm what's next in the DC studio. I think this hint of, you know, a Clark Kent cub reporter, you know, in these early days of Metropolis, that does sound very interesting. It sounds outside of what we know from Superman in, in the cinematic world. Mm -hmm. That said, you know, Cavill did was a great Superman. I, I, I don't think I just think he was misused uh, and they didn't obviously leverage him proper uh, properly throughout this franchise to help really cement and anchor him as Superman. It, it was more of the idea of him being Superman rather than him actually being Superman because he only got one movie as a solo story. And then after that, it was him in Batman versus Superman and him in Justice League. So at the end of the day, you know, we've moved so far past this whole initial Zack Snyder plan for the Justice League. We're 10 years outside of that. Cavill's a little 
older. He's a little more mature. If he comes back as an older Superman and they they bring him in, because James Gunn did post uh, a Kingdom Come image, which does feature an older veteran Superman. There you go. That would be really interesting. And, and, and I think that The Flash will still play a part in opening up this idea of the multiverse, which is why they might want to still keep that movie around to help at least plant that idea mm-hmm. of a multiverse so that they can sort of branch off and, and, and tell new stories. But, you know, to your point, Nate, in Gun We Trust, because at the end of the day, I think what he's going to do is bring in all of these characters that are well known in the DC studios while also integrating the, the lesser known characters. Like he's already done that so well with Peacemaker mm-hmm. and the, the ragtag group that he had in, in the Suicide Squad. Right. And I can only imagine with if, you know, Lobo is is like very is appreciated obviously throughout the comic comic world of DC to see a live action adaptation of that character with Jason Momoa it's so perfect yeah. it, you can't even get a better casting than that so you know i'm all for just canceling everything you know starting fresh moving pieces around because at the end of the day that is how they are going to have success. This is the only way DC Studio can have success moving forward. Yeah, and I mean uh Henry Cavill He's going to be okay. Uh, he's going to he be. Is, he's such yeah. a big geek uh, that he's in. He's going to apparently be in a Warhammer 40k series, yes. uh, which like yes. he's well, just plus, sitting there plus the next is his the mini figures. To fall back on. Oh. Well, I don't. No, he's not going back to. The, I don't think that's. Right. No, he's not. Yeah. Uh, no, he left. He left that. But again, there was a lot of rumors though that he was just unhappy with how. Um, that was being handled from a lore standpoint. Yeah. He has a, he's a big nerd he's huge. or big geek. Like he's building he's, his he computers, loves, he's, he's very painting passionate. his minifigures. Yep. Like he's he's, yep. he's doing yep. it all. So he's going to be very yep. happy with this Warhammer uh, series that but he's working that on. But that is still in, they still don't have a creative team. They have him signed as to star okay. in it, but they don't have so it might not get off the ground attached to it. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So at the, at the end of the day, we don't really know where that is. I think now that they have his name attached, I think it might be easier to take it to creative teams mm-hmm. and say, this is whose names we have attached to it. They'll be like, oh, okay, that's that's totally fine. But I'm getting that that Henry wants to have his hands a little bit more involved in the stories that he's telling. Yep. Even when he was on the red carpet for, uh, I believe it was Enola Holmes 2, he was talking about how the next iteration of Superman was going to have, you know, key pillars that he wanted to see. And and it, that, that at that point, it sounded like he was becoming more invested in, in whatever story that was potentially he wanted to see happen with Superman. He, it had to have that for him to really want to be involved. So I don't know. Like you said, he's going to be fine, though. Well, and I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I think it's the worst decision to just recast these actors in new roles i think if you're wiping the slate clean if you're restarting it all if you're redoing it having a jason momoa pop up in a different role having henry uh, cavill come back as superman but a different superman in a different time or whatever the plan is i think that's the worst thing they can do because all it does is make you think of the previous iteration of this universe i think it needs to be a, a fresh slate, um, but maybe that's just me. Uh, all I know is that this first DC movie, whatever it is, whatever they announce in January, whatever it's comes first, hit. it's got to fucking bang. It's got to be yeah. the best comic book It'll be movie Superman. ever, or it's going to get torn apart, even if, even if it's just 
really good. I don't know if really good is enough. I, I, like, mm-hmm. right. there's so much pressure there. I would not want to be James Gunn right now. Yeah, there was pressure for Brian Singer when he went and did Superman Returns. Right, like Superman is such a huge property for WB that has been mishandled so many times. I mean, Superman Returns was a great movie, and it still got pooed on. Yeah, I, you know, like I like it better than whatever Zack Snyder gave us. Um, and I was really amped about Man of Steel. You know, it had the tone of a Nolan-esque movie, but definitely did not deliver on that on that front. But, you know, again, that said, it's clear, you know, from the early discussions of when this whole WB Discovery thing was happening, that Superman is a is a huge priority. And James Gunn has said, yeah, you know, Superman is a priority. And now he's affirming that by saying, well, I'm writing a Superman story. And I think that's probably going to be the thing that kicks off their DC studios. And, you know, what's next? And, you know, there were stories floating around that he was going to be pulled into this. But no, that apparently, like, James Gunn has squashed that. Uh, he has said, no, that, that that's not the case. And, you know, that that's still up for discussion. So do we get two Batmans? Are we getting two Batmans? Or in all honesty, as much as I loved Matt Reeves, the Batman, I'm fine if that was a one and done movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if you don't want to necessarily do that, but let Matt Reeves do his Gotham stories and those other shows that, that could kind of build out the world of Gotham, then maybe you shift gears with Batman in the DC studios because he's obviously going to be super integral. Or, you know what? Or James Gunn just does a James Gunn thing and gives a big middle finger to all these fans of Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman and just says, you know what? We're not going to touch the Justice League for a long time. Here's who we're focusing mm. on. Ratcatchers getting their own movie now. We're getting Polka Dot Man the movie. Like, like I could totally see him kind of, and like in those, in that universe, very much like we, we kind of saw uh, with Peacemaker, maybe even giving us like little hints that they are in the same universe. Exactly. But then never, but like kind of almost in a really sadistic way, like teasing the audience throughout to just say like, well, they exist, but you're not going to see them for at least a few more years. I don't know. Again, that that'll bring the hashtag, I think even higher for for, for fired James Gunn from the Snyder fans. But, um, but I, I I don't know. I could be, I would be fine with that personally. Yeah, no, that I, I dig that idea. Um, But, I just want to ask you guys a question because this was also floating around online amidst all of these stories, and that is, you know, if if James Gunn is going to do a hard reboot and let's say just, you know, erase everything that's currently being done, Shazam and everything, do you think Peacemaker should be included in that? No. Do you think that... That feels yeah, so like, like... But Peacemaker feels, and the Suicide Squad feels far enough removed from the Snyderverse stuff that that could exactly. easily play into his, ex- his I agree. existing idea. But I agree. That scene in the finale where... The old Justice League there you go. shows up. That that there screws that project right there. Mm, right. Just, they they should they should go back happened. and retcon that episode and yeah. just leave it to silhouettes. They, could, and they, could, silhouettes, yeah. they leave it they to silhouettes that, and shadows. Could, Don't show. They could even just say something like, "Nah, man, you were like high, like or whatever." You know, like they could have like a throwaway line of like, "No, that didn't really happen. Are you crazy?" Like they could have ways to sort of work around it in a joke that that you know they're creative enough they could figure it out we don't we don't need to worry too much about that just don't worry that never happens is, is what we're saying dc is just still a mess no matter what yeah. they're trying to do they're still a freaking mess well, it's it's gonna we'll find out it's gonna get messier we're it's gonna get messier with our next story uh because oh. it continues this whole 
this whole trajectory more? with uh, Henry Cavill's deal uh, to return to DC uh, as Superman was reportedly just a verbal agreement. This comes from Paul Tassi over at Forbes. Um, if you're wondering how exactly The Rock got Henry Cavill to return as Superman for the Black Adam cameo, only to have the idea immediately thrown out the window, look no further than how this all came together according to Inside Report from The Hollywood Reporter's uh, Aaron Couch and Boris Kitt. While The Rock's ex-wife and producing partner and Henry Cavill's manager, Danny Garcia, got Cavill a $250,000 payday for the exceptionally brief cameo. The problem was that Cavill's deal to return to the DCEU as Superman was not actually a deal at all. The Hollywood Reporter uh, says that it was based off of a verbal agreement. Naturally, this fell apart in an incredibly short time without any sort of actual contract in place. Cavill showed up uh, in Black Adam on October 21st. James Gunn and Peter Safran were appointed co-heads of DC four days later on October 25th. And then this past week, as we were just discussing, Gunn confirmed that Cavill will no longer be playing Superman and that meetings had been had uh, about his future in the DC uh, projects. The Hollywood Reporter piece describes Cavill as as just being a pawn in The Rock's failed attempt to control a piece of DC in the latest in a long list of headlines that have been pretty bad for The Rock as to how this all went down. So first, The Rock has been using questionable accounting to try to prove uh Black Adam was actually profitable. He actually tweeted out saying he waited to confirm with financiers before he shared the excellent Black Adam news uh, that they had profited 52 to 72 million dollars um, at almost 400 million dollars worldwide. So these are huge numbers that that apparently the studio did acknowledges aren't accurate um it's also been reported that the rock turned down a black adam cameo in the upcoming shazam film despite the fact that he's always been meant to be the rival to that hero uh i thought it was really interesting that in, at comic-con they had a stage for shazam and black adam yet they never attempted to cross them they never over interacted because they yeah both yeah it was like they were siloed as their own individual stories so that that's another element to this whole thing finally in the recent weeks the rock has had little to say publicly in the wake of Cavill's departure, pivoting to his wide array of other projects, energy drinks, XFL, <laughs> his declaration that Black Adam would shift the balance of power in the DC universe has been turned into an online meme and joke. Oh. And it seems almost certain that Gunn and Saffron's future plans do not consist of a Black Adam sequel, nor do they want to fight The Rock for any of that control. Mm -hmm. um, so in short, it seems like what happened was The Rock saw a power vacuum in the DC leadership and used the opportunity to press for his own vision, which was elevating Black Adam, bringing back Cavill as, as Superman, and eventually having the two team up slash fight in some mega blockbuster. The Rock, more or less, as we all know, spelled out Cavill's return as Superman ahead of the movie's release uh, to kind of beef up Black Adam's box office numbers. And his ex-wife, Danny Garcia, who's actually his, his producing partner, outright just spoiled the cameo on social media with screenshots of, of his appearance. Uh, so nothing was secure. Cavill's deal was, was not a deal. It was a, a contract for a cameo or two 
with no actual official deal in place to get him to return. Days after the debut, new heads of DC were appointed that did not have to answer to The Rock or his plans, and now it's clear they're not going to do anything remotely like what he wanted. Not that Black Adam has the box office legs to stand on to declare it should be a significant part of the DC universe going forward anyways. So again, as Kevin said, messy, messy all around. And I chose the story because obviously there was a lot of hype around this movie. Kevin and I covered it. Uh, we went to a big fan event here in Toronto. You were, you uh, were a stone's throw away. From the rock, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can use that joke twice. Yeah, if you use it, three I'm not allowed to use it anymore. That's it, okay, okay. It's, that's yeah, it. No, I promise. No in 2023, <laughs> I'll never say that joke again. Yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, but um, we 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 saw the hype trade. We we saw the movie, and we weren't you know really thrilled. And we we knew that the biggest part of it was that that end credit stinger. And we knew that the what the rock was doing was was clearly trying to carve out a chunk of of DC that he can control. But how do you think? How do you think this makes him look? This is awful man and like Dwayne is full of shit this looks terrible on him it's embarrassing he tried to become the the center of whatever DC universe he had in his own mind and he brought people along you know as pawns like the article says but it was all for his own you know manifestations of of success like he did this for himself and it's backfired massively and it's all meaningless now that 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 huge huge massive uh cameo at the end of that movie is meaningless uh it almost you know it 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 certainly doesn't look good in terms of a, a sequel or anything for a, a black adam movie the fact that the only positively reviewed uh dc movie of the last 10 years was Shazam and he was like no no i'm bigger than Shazam i don't want to be a part of it even though my character bloody stems from that story like the guys yeah. the guys delusional he has no idea what he's doing here and this is this is a big black eye on his reputation yeah, poor poor Shazam, like kind of feeling like the the like the not the cool kid. You know what I mean? Like 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 the Rock's his character is supposed to be matched up against Shazam. He's like, no 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 no, let's just go straight to Superman. Forget Shazam, and it's like no, like you know Shazam was actually pretty decent. I think I think the only other movie I, yeah. we we could say would be like yeah, the Suicide Squad or you know the Batman. But again, these are very they, they are DC movies, but. Are they the DC movies we're talking Connected, about? Yeah. They're not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah I think it, it. The whole thing is just really unfortunate, and and yeah, you know, I I like The Rock. I think he's he's super entertaining. I think he's he's fun. But you're right, Kevin. Like this is not not a good look right now, and and it's no. it's unf it's it's just like what what was he like? How does I guess he just when you have that much money, you're just like yeah, we can do this. Like I don't I don't know I don't know what he's goes out there. He's out there looking like Trump. <laughs> Right, like lying mm. about things boldly in your face, using capital letters. Ooh, bigly, bigly successful movie. You know, like <laughs> why did he choose the numbers between fifty-two and seventy-two million? That's such a specific range of of money. Yeah. It's not yeah. fifty to seventy. Like it was, like it just reeks of desperation. The fact that he's been calling this his passion project in the build-up to it to try and get hype behind it, even though he's only cared about this character for a few years since he realized it could be his own version of Superman. Like, he wanted to be Green Lantern yeah. 10 years ago. He wanted to do, you know, he was he had looked at being Lobo himself years ago. Like, yeah. he's, yes, he's always right. just yeah. been, and that wasn't big enough because it, 
couldn't have a universe centered around yeah. him. All he's been looking for is getting himself in the center of something Situated. where that could be yeah. multiple movies long. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's so it's all just phony. He's just it's it's faker than his wrestling uh, in the ring. Yeah. Like It's crazy that this is sort of the, the hill this guy's going to well, die on. I think he should do, well, he I, should I do got, a DJCU. Like a Dwayne Johnson cinematic universe, and it's just all his all his, <laughs> all characters? his characters in one movie in a multiverse of all the Rock characters. You, I would, yeah. I think that would do phenomenal. I think that would be great. It would be like it would be like his version of the action yeah. hero, the action hero, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. last um, action hero, yeah, the last yeah. action yeah. hero. Yeah, just it would be that. his version of oh, of that. Right. Um, I actually really enjoy that. Um, on the note about uh, Shazam. I think if anything, they should keep Shazam and just kind of somehow roll it into whatever the DC Studios uh, has going on, because I think the story has been siloed away enough from from the existing Snyder verse, but it can it could probably benefit from some better storytelling uh, from a creative standpoint. That might mean tying things together because Zachary Levi is it Zachary Levi. Mm-hmm. That's that's who. Yeah, Zachary Levi is. Is fantastic. He's great in that role, and they did it smart. They did it smart. They had a Superman cameo, but you never see the face, right? And that's that was obviously not what they wanted, but it actually works for them because that could be any Superman. So they can keep that character going and insert him into whatever DC universe they have going forward. They did it smart. Yep, and, and I think that again, it's this doesn't paint a really good picture of of uh, of the Rock and how he handles business, especially given that he does, as as the article said, has such an array of businesses and 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 things that he's a part of. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it just kind of shows a shadiness to it all, um, and it, I think it shows his true intentions, as as you pointed out, Kevin, of trying to build a a a profitable universe that he could be in that he could be the center of that he could carry through and and as he says he wants to give what the fans want um okay you know what I, the I fans want if, Dwayne? A... we want you to make a good movie just once <laughs> you've never done it just make one good movie like he's never done it i don't he's know fast five was good great movie he really hasn't. Fast Five was good. Fast okay. Five was good. I, when I you have to go yeah. to the well of Fast Five <laughs> to say he has made a good movie, his his resume does not speak for itself. I I do I agree with you though. I think I think he needs to challenge himself to look outside of these blockbuster Hollywood movie roles. And I think we were kind of hinting at that in in our uh, our review of Black Adam that he's kind of stagnant. Like he's just playing the same iterations of himself throughout these movies with little differences. Like his anti-hero version like like namor was a more interesting and engaging uh anti-hero than black adam will will ever be in on the big screen and he is a great anti-hero in the comics so you know like i don't i didn't really get that from the movie and i feel like again the focus was more about spectacle making it super super dc style with all of the, the 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 action and all of this it was just unnecessary again not a good, not a good look for the Rock. Not a good look. I, I, I agree. It's unfortunate because I, I do respect him for building his name, and this just kind of taints it so much. Um. Well, listen, guys, uh, we're, we're out of the DC studios. Let's 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 get into the Navi, because uh, we're we're talking about Avatar. Uh, the Navi will come to Earth if James Cameron gets to make. <laughs> Avatar that's a five. Big one. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a big if. Uh, we we want to expose Natiri to our planet. Is is the quote from uh, producer John Landau? 
This comes from Zach Scharf over at Variety. The Avatar franchise is finally returning this month with the second installment in theaters, The Way of Water. But that's not stopping producer John Lando from touting the fifth entry, which Disney currently has slated for 2028 uh, on the release calendar. Lando let it slip uh, to Gizmodo that Avatar 5 will bring Navi's alien race to Earth. Uh, quoted saying, well, it's funny. Uh, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I've now subsequently heard that Jim has talked uh, a little bit about it, uh, referring to Avatar 5. There is a section of the story uh, where we go to Earth and we go to it to open people's eyes, open Natiri's eyes and what exists on Earth. Earth is not just represented by the RDA, and this is the franchise's evil organization known as the Resource Development Administration. Um, He continued by saying, just like you're defined by the choices you make in life, not all humans are bad, not all Navi are good. And that's the case here on Earth, and we want to expose Natiri to that. Hmm. Landau's comments would suggest that Natiri played by Zoe Zeldana uh, via performance capture, performance capture, thank you, Bailey Bass, for correcting me, uh, is is going to survive the events of at least three Avatar sequels. Uh, whether or not her character gets to come to Earth in Avatar 5 will depend entirely on box office returns for Avatar The Way of Water. James Cameron shot The Way of Water and Avatar 3 together and confirmed to Total Film Magazine that Avatar 3 can be changed into a franchise conclusion should The Way of the Water not perform at the box office. He was quoted for saying, the market could be telling us we're done in three months or we might be semi-done, meaning, okay, let's complete the story within movie three and not go on endlessly if it's just not profitable, Cameron said. If the first batch of sequels are successful, then Cameron will see through with his plan to get Avatar 4 and 5 made. The filmmaker recently told Collider that his Avatar 4 script was the first Avatar sequel not to receive a single note from the studio executives. I kept this quote in because I thought it was funny. It just goes to show how cocky this guy is. <laughs> I can't tell you the details, but all I can say is that when I turned in the script for The Way of Water, the studio gave me three pages of notes, Cameron said. And then when I turned in the script for th- uh, Avatar 3, they gave me a page of notes. So I was getting better. When I turned in the script for Four, the studio executives and creative executives over uh, uh, over the films wrote to me and said, holy fuck. And I said, well, where are the notes? And she said, those are the notes because it kind of goes nuts in a good way. Avatar, The Way of Water is in theaters now. Okay, guys. So I, I also uh, attached some some stuff here. Uh, Eric Davis from Fandango uh, actually posted a tweet uh, on Sunday breaking down the box office numbers. So to kind of go along with this, Avatar of The Way of Water opens with $134 million. That is almost $60 million more than Avatar's opening, the sixth best December opening ever. Ties The Batman for fifth best 2022 openings second best opening ever for a sequel to an original film domestic and also a 435 million dollar global debut he continues with his tweet thread by saying these numbers are below projection but keep in mind top gun maverick had the seventh best opening in uh, 2022 and is the year's highest grossing movie domestically. This one's playing the long game, more demand for premium formats, no big cameos or anything. People are gonna wait to see it. And he continues in his final thread, just how much did 3D 
play a role in opening weekend of Avatar The Way of Water? 66% of the global opening revenue came from 3D ticket sales. China leads all with an estimated 99% of all tickets being 3D. Wow. In the U.S., 3D tickets sales accounted for 58% of the film's opening. Okay, so 3D is clearly back with this freaking movie, <laughs> um, which is insane to think about. But like with these numbers and with this projection being lower, do you agree? Do you think that this is this is the long game and that we will eventually see the success of what was it? two billion dollars that he needs to like recoup for him to actually get his four and five like do you think that this movie has the legs and and i i I do preface this i know that we've all three of us have now seen the movie uh if there is discussion spoiler free of course um but uh you know do we need an avatar five is this something that you want to see given the fact that earth is seems to be so important yet we haven't seen it i think it's it it makes me as an Avatar fan. I'm I'm gonna be a self admitted Avatar fan. You could even call me an Avatar fanboy. Uh, I know what scoun means. Okay, I know what a tulkoon is, and uh, I, you know all that stuff. I have a book that tells me how to speak the Navi language. Um, <laughs> you know, I I think it it's really re- nice to hear that they have a way to rewrite and refix uh, the next Avatar movie in the event that they need to end it. Because I think that was, you know, as a spoiler-free thing, my only, like, one of my biggest complaints with this sequel, narratively, is that it, it, it unfortunately, I think it sort of played too hard into the setup uh, idea for a lot of these moments, and they didn't explore a lot of the themes that they sort of just sort of trickled in because there's another movie. Oh, we're going to talk about that in three. Oh, we'll look at that more in-depthly in three. Um, so if if we can get like a solid ending for three, if that's the route this has to go, fine. I think James Cameron said something like people would have to go see it two, three, four times or something like that uh, before they can make a profit. As an as an Avatar fanboy, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to see it again in theaters. I saw it once. Uh, I saw it in 3D, uh, non high frame rate. Thank goodness. I've heard that's not the best experience. And uh, and I just again, I don't think I want to watch it anytime soon. If it came out on Disney Plus tomorrow, I don't know if I would even pop it on. You know what I mean? Like it's not something where it's not like Spider Man No Way Home or or Black Panther Wakanda Forever where like with Wakanda Forever I'm I'm stoked to get to watch that movie at home. With with Avatar the Way of Water, I, I'm I, I'm excited to see what it looks like on my OLED and that's about it. <laughs> That is not a glowing review. Um, I mean, it's at like 440 worldwide now, 440 million. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's making money. But I mean, that is, they have set some pretty lofty goals in terms of what they need to hit. Uh, And uh, like, like you said, if they need people to go two or three times, uh, you know, at least for us, we're going to need some people to go five or six times because we aren't going two or three times to see this yeah. movie. Um, I just think that's so unrealistic. Uh, I, I like that they have sort of set uh, an escape clause into that third movie in case they need to to wrap things up. Uh, and yeah. I think as as neat as it is that he's shifting and and progressing uh the movies forward from a visual standpoint narratively there's just nothing there that warrants so five hard. movies yeah. as cool yeah. as it would be to see the navi on earth i'm like oh that is actually kind of a fun idea i just don't want to have of to course. wait two more movies to get there 
to get and to if, it. And if yeah. you do get to yeah. it by that point, is it like, yeah, instead of space, we're on Earth, and it becomes like Fast and the Furious. You know what I mean? Like it just starts to be like they're going to start driving cars. Oh, there's there's and Fast and Furious vibes all over this. You know what movie, I mean? They're trying to plug their wheels into shit, and it's just not working. <laughs> yeah, like is it going to be like Elf? Like what's going on here? You know? <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Eric's right. Like, I think it's the long game. Like, the holidays are around the corner. People are going to go see it. They're going to see it in the best cinematic experience that's imaginable. Like, I think the benefit here is that that 13 years have passed. So technology is obviously advanced. Things have gotten better. So that helps with this movie being the next iteration in the cinematic experience. But two years from now, when Avatar three comes out I, I do think that'll be burnout it's like okay yeah. well, we, didn't we just get well, because this just from the, avatar the, the big thing with this is that people like myself and like all of us here very curious i think that was the the biggest word that yeah. would go around with people's you know what i i i, I like the first avatar movie i'm curious to see what this one's like and that's where it's going to stop yeah. you're curious to see it you go see it in 3d you get yeah. a nostalgic rush and even if you enjoyed it i really don't know if you're going to see it maybe yeah. you'll go see it one more time with another I, member of your family but sure. outside of that i just don't know if it's going to be that I, thing yeah. that people are going to watch over and over and over again in theaters especially no, at, at that <laughs> the length the movie is and and especially given you know the narrative problems that it has there's nothing really there that hooks you other than just you know the, the buzzword of the of the of our spectacle episode was spectacle right <laughs> like it's just it's crazy the amount of of visual spectacle and, and just the theatrical experience it being what it is you know that's that is the driving force of this movie being successful that said i i would like to see him close out the story i hope they don't just say well no avatar 2's it they do allow him to at least get to avatar 3 so he can close out this this uh, I mean, he's made it. To be like Apparently, the first years. cut was nine hours long. This guy, this yeah, guy has a bigger ego than The Rock. That's hard to do. No, it, <laughs> I don't know. He is James Cameron, right? Like he, the guy has has rightfully so. He actually has made some good movies. Okay, I take it back. Exactly, it exactly. Back. Yeah. So like he has he has the the rights to be you know uh, the way he is. It's just hilarious though how overtly cocky he is you know like oh don't don't worry about uh if you have to go to the bathroom just go to the bathroom you'll, you'll see it again because you're gonna see this movie more than once and it's like what the fuck yeah. like you know not a, not with a three and three hour and f- almost three hour and 15 minute runtime yeah. like do you know what i mean like there's so much out of this movie that feels like unnecessary which i think also pivots the idea is an avatar three four and five essential yeah just maybe one more. Close out your story. Well, give him that. Speaking of spectacles, um, you know, 3D glasses. My dad, we, we came out of the theater. He's like, you know, I really, really enjoy. He actually really liked the movie a lot. He liked it more than I did. And I, again, I'm an Avatar fan. And uh, and he was saying, I just wish that they could do it without the 3D glasses and still do the 3D. And I'm like, Dad, maybe by the fifth one. Maybe by the fifth one we'll have that technology to be able to do. He's like twenty twenty eight. Yeah, he's like he was like what? And I'm like yeah, it's, it's you know we'll see. So we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Another thing that uh, we shall see is apparently Donald Glover to star and produce in a Spider Man movie based on a villain, Hypno Hustler. Uh, this comes from called. Boris Kit over at the Holly. Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Donald Glover is finally getting a Spider Man movie. It's just not quite what you think uh glover is attached to star in and produce a feature set 
in Sony Pictures' Spider-Man universe of Marvel Comics characters, uh, sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. Miles Murphy, the son of actor-comedian Eddie Murphy, is on board to write the project, which has no title but is said to revolve around uh, Hypno Hustler, one of the more obscure Spider-Man villains <laughs> created by Bill Matt Mantlo, the writer uh, who also uh, created Rocket Raccoon uh, and artist Frank Springer Hypno Hustler was very much a product of the disco music scene when he first appeared in Peter Parker the spectacular Spider-Man number 24 in 1978 his real name is Anton Del Soin uh, the leader of a, of a band called the Mercy Killers and he uses hypnosis technology in his instruments on uh, his audience in order to rob them <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. can't make this stuff up man uh hypno hustler is not considered one of spider-man's top villains in fact oh he's, he's not right. he regularly Shocking. shows up on, what? on yeah, are you kidding he me, regularly dude? shows up on the worst super villain list which is so unfortunate but sources say glover connected with the musical aspects of the character and the fact that he has less marvel canon baggage which kind of makes sense freeing him from the broader interpretations the project could be anything from a disco period piece to a reimagined modern hip-hop version uh, or even a cyberpunk future play uh adding to the spark was was murphy's take uh the details of which are being kept below the bass clef Ugh. oh leave it to boris kit just to hit those, those little <laughs> boris. Sounds like a joke that, uh, <laughs> like a joke that kevin would have made oh my gosh yeah oh my yeah, God. yeah exactly that's Sounds a like dad a that's, that's a dad hustler, joke if i've ever the heard the hypno hustler would definitely make that joke this is you know what glover it, i don't understand this because it's like sony is is just what are they doing what are they what are they reaching for here we got a craven the hunter movie coming out fine but then we go to el muerto starring bad bunny followed by this movie like i don't i don't i don't i don't know man well that's just it i i think that it's 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 kind of more or less the aspect of what i mentioned previously uh less marvel canon baggage uh, freeing them from from the broader interpretations and kind of taking it in their own direction i think that's the most apparent in morbius mm. uh venom as well kind of is a bit more of an adaptation of venom um with certain character traits and obviously the lack of connection to spider-man uh, uh, given that they have now crossed over slightly slightly we'll say um but yeah, it, it is interesting to see because, yeah, like you mentioned, they have Craven the Hunter set for October 6th, 2023. And there's also some hero projects in development as well, Madam Web and Spider-Woman. But yeah, earlier this year, they did announce that they're working on El Muerto starring Bad Bunny. Um, yeah, Sony's out here uh, trying to make DC featured. look good. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... I I just want Go the ahead, Hypno Hustler make... to show up. Hypno Hustler doesn't advertise. He sounds like Disco Stu. That's here. who I, yeah, that's who I thought of as well. I thought of uh, of that as well. Um, but obviously, there must be something here if if Glover is is committed. Like, I respect Glover enough to to at least see that you know, whatever this could be is probably not going to be that, but it's going to probably be it's going to hint at it, I think. Well, I think it, it's it's funny when you mentioned Bad Bunny. I think this is kind of a rabbit's foot scenario, right? Where we've, or not a rabbit's foot, a monkey's paw. All the different animals have different appendages. Uh, but a monkey's paw sort of scenario, right? With like the, the you know, we're finally getting him in a Spider-Man movie, but he's no, he's not Miles Morales, he's not, yeah. right? He's, 
he's not even his he's not even Miles's like uncle, right? Like he, it just it, I don't quite understand the thought process behind it, but like you're saying, Justin, if he's like Donald Glover, I think has made some incredible decisions uh, over the course of his career, and so I I can only see this being something that he's he's really behind. He must have, he has to have heard the story treatment uh, from Miles Murphy to understand that this is a good thing. This is something different, and you know what? If they can make this something that is, you know, give me give me, um, you know, I think the way that they took the Joker. Right and sort of separate it so far from from Zack Snyder. So I'm not asking for the Joker with this character, but but you get what I mean, right? Like if we can get make this into a pseudo musical, make it into a disco movie, um, that sounds kind of fun and 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 separate it completely. Um, just give me better writing than than Venom and Morbius, and I think we'll be okay. I think we, yeah. I think we might still be yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if this yeah. one's going to make uh, $2 billion, though. I don't know if we're going to see a, a Hypno Hustler 5, guys. No. Yeah, well, James Cameron <laughs> no, gets on this, but, maybe. Maybe we can get him in. But clearly, clearly he's not doing the Lando series that, that was announced, I believe, at the Investor Day maybe two oh, years ago. that was ago a thing. From Lucasfilm. Uh, and, you know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy has gone on the record saying, oh, he's just, he's just very busy. If he's doing this, but he's not doing Lando, I just, I don't know if I... <laughs> You'll be a little upset. It's, it's yeah, it, 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 hopefully this is worthwhile and that he feels like, again, maybe, again, some of the sentiments of, you know, the baggage, the canon baggage and, and stuff like that. Maybe that's a bit of the apprehension of wanting to tackle something like Lando, which is why he's going to something that's obviously far different from that. So I guess only time will tell. Well, guys, uh, that is it for the news. And let me tell you, I know it's a season for Jingle Bells, but one instrument that is around all year <laughs> is the banjo because it's trailer time. All right. Our first trailer is for 65. Uh, this is written and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, uh, writers of A Quiet Place. If I'm not mistaken, it's what it advertised in the trailer and uh, produced by Sam Raimi. Uh, this stars Adam Driver, Ariana Greenblatt and Chloe Coleman. The synopsis, an astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he's not alone. Ooh. This is releasing in theaters March 10th, 2023. Uh, this looks interesting. I, 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 I like it. It's like a it's like dinosaurs in space kind or, of like is that is that what I kind of got the vibe that he's he's coming like this is earth um I, you know I think there's a, a really not that great uh but it was great at the time video game called Turok uh about Turok, a guy the dinosaur hunter right yeah. like how yeah. is this not just a Turok movie? You know what I mean? Like, just call it Turok, <laughs> and you've already got the buy-in of of gamers from uh, around the world. Um, this looks fun, man. This looks like a lot of fun. I'm just, I'm furious. Oh no, they couldn't, they couldn't keep the secret that it was Earth. That's like the whole twist of this movie, and they give it away in the in the trailer. And I love how you know you read that uh, synopsis of it—a mysterious planet. Well, it's not mysterious; it's Earth. We know you told us in the trailer. You couldn't keep your mouth shut for two minutes. But see, is it Earth? That's what I'm 65 wondering. Sixty-five million like, I'm years wonder- ago, prehistoric Earth. It literally says it in the trailer. That's true. Like they that give it true. away. That, that would have been that in- such a Planet of the Apes esque twist. 
that they were on Earth right. this whole time, 65 million years ago, and instead they spoiled okay, it in the trailer. I'm, yeah. I'm furious. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I think that's, it's that's a good point. It's interesting, right? I think they they. I'm happy that we're getting dinosaurs because uh, I think Jurassic World kind of screwed things up for the dinosaurs image. Uh, I think, you know, they, they need a, they need a win here. They got a bad rap um, since 2015. They got a, they got a bad raptor uh, since then, you know? So I think, Ooh, uh, ooh yeah. Okay. Now who's making the dad jokes? Uh, and I, I think this looks, I think this looks great, but I think people are associating the 65 because of the trailer with 65 million years ago. I think 65 is actually going to mean something different. I don't think I don't know what it is yet. I don't I'm not speculating that, but I do think that 65 is sort of um, a red herring, if you will, uh, that they they're trying to sort of make people think that that's what they're referring to. But I think 65 is I don't know. I just I get the feeling that it means something different. And I think you're kind of right, Kevin. I think the twist is a little it might be a little too obvious that humans have been in space since before the dinosaurs. And that, you know, this is Adam Driver's character and a bunch of survivors that don't survive the crash, but only one of them does, um, coming back to Earth during the time when dinosaurs were around, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're the reason that all the technology we have of today has come from this group of humans uh, and maybe even Adam right. Driver's character. And that's, that's kind of like the idea of, like, you know... He, that was one that's vibe. kind of the vibe I'm getting. I don't know. I don't long range yeah. exploratory mission send help. I don't know how that completely works. It's interesting because in the trailer, there's like one moment uh, where they're showing this really gorgeous shot over a like a vista, and in the it, you actually see in the in the fog um, power lines, which can't be 65 million years ago. Um, so the only thought that I was thinking is like that that might not be the same planet like maybe that's his planet that they're showing in that moment but it kind of really looks like i don't know it's if you look at the trailer uh if you're listening in the car pull your car over okay open youtube and go to i want to say it's like oh i just had it a minute a minute 14 is where you're gonna go a minute a minute 13 sorry is where you're gonna go and in the bottom left corner there's freaking power lines on the mountain and i don't know if that's a production Whoa. mistake? I don't think You're it blowing is. blowing my mind right now. Right? So I was like, dude, I'm like, that is that Earth? Or is it the same planet? I don't know. I what, don't know what's going on. I think, what, Kevin, yeah, I think there's more I than thought of it's, meets the eye. I actually yeah. think this is a tie-in to Beast Wars. There we go. We're getting, this is, you know, the dinosaurs. <laughs> the dinosaurs are coming alive in the robot. They're becoming robots. <laughs> These are the beasties that we wanted in the Beast Wars movie. That's what's happening. The, <laughs> I will say I'm, I'm I'm very interested in seeing Adam Driver play a more military role. Yeah, he is. He does have a Marine background, uh, so it's it's kind of fitting, and he, he he seems very comfortable in in some of these shots as he's you know sort of holstered and 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 you know armed and ready to go. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see him kind of lean into something that I think is he's very comfortable with, given that he's he's already shown that he he can act really well so now he can kind of lean into something that i think is a little more uh action oriented um but yeah i don't really know i'm with you guys i don't know like is it earth is it 65 million years in the future like light years and there's another planet with dinosaurs and right i, I don't know there's an interesting thing going on in this trailer that i at least i'm i'm i i i'd actually check it out just to see what it's all about i'm just wondering really, how many of the these 
is it is it going to start to like don't get me wrong i'm all for the 65 i'm all for two. the 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 <laughs> last of us vibes of you know the older character bringing along the younger character like you know but like logan and then we're getting the last of us like are we starting to get a little fatigued with that sort of idea of like the father daughter adventure kind of thing? Like she's yeah, not his daughter. Mando and Grogu. Right? Yeah, it's you know we got it. Yeah, it's we got a little. It's, it's happening abused. a little bit too it's much, but I, I I will agree with you, Justin. I'm stoked to see Adam Driver in this role. Um, this looks like a fun sci-fi popcorn adventure, but scarier from the writers of of A Quiet Place and the fact that it's Sam Raimi. If he kind of like focuses in on those horror vibes, it's interesting to see you know him kind of go in with this sci-fi movie. And I am uh, I'm intrigued to say the least. I think my favorite shot from this trailer is the moment where you see the breath. Uh, just at the end of the trailer, you just you see that breath, that like fog come in, and then you just notice that that's actually like a dinosaur standing right behind him. Uh, it's a really great mm. way to play with suspense. I thought it was really I, well done. I like the shot of uh, when they're standing. And they think that the, the in front of them, in front and then of it's, them, and then you oh. see the flash of lightning behind, and you see the the, the silhouette yeah. of that's of very drastic. T Rex, which doesn't necessarily look T Rexy, it looks more alien. I don't know if you go frame by frame, it it doesn't necessarily. Is it an Indominus look. Rex? Is that Guys, the one? It's Earth sixty five million years ago. Stop trying to make this something it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, it does look good. Well, it's, and the fact that you yeah. know Adam Driver is you know one of the top actors in the world right now. Uh, he's very respected. Yeah. You know, he's a guy with two Oscar nominations. He's not in the, um, you know, take a paycheck, make any shitty movie phase of right, his career. Exactly. So the fact that he's on board with this, you know, suggests that it, it might be a, a bit of a banger. I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah. I'm hoping it's up there. Yeah, with exactly. Like, That's uh... like I'm hoping it's it's like a little bit of a surprise and it kind of comes out and it's like prey. Like it kind of reminds me of like that sort of vibe mm. that you could get with that style of you know that sort of feeling right where we kind of come out of it and just be like yeah. this was better than we expected it to be yeah. you know what I mean like that's For kind sure. of what I'm getting from this trailer so I'm really hoping that's the case. Yeah, and uh, you know we're going from 65 million years to uh, a beautiful pink palace world <laughs> with our next trailer. Um, we're talking about Barbie, directed by Greta Gerwig, also written by Greta Gerwig with Noah Baumbach if I'm not mistaken is his uh is in, and that's his uh, her partner and this has a stacked cast so so bear with me here we obviously have Margot Robbie Ryan Gosling uh Simu Liu uh Will Ferrell Michael Sarah for whatever reason <laughs> Kate McKinnon uh America Ferreira Issa Rae we got Ariana Greenblatt again we got Ray Perlman uh, Kingsley Benadir, and the list goes on for this cast. There is a ton of people in this movie, and this is scheduled to release uh, July 21st, 2023. Um, and the synopsis goes, uh, after being expelled from Barbie land for being a less than perfect looking doll, Barbie sets off uh, for the human world to find her true happiness. I don't know if that's an official synopsis. That's what Google okay. gave me. Um, but... Uh, what do we think of our first look at Barbie? What is this movie? <laughs> like, like I was, I was so uh, eagerly waiting for this trailer to answer some questions, and now I have like four thousand more questions about it. I am so lost. I mean, why would you use two thousand one a space odyssey? That's such an odd thing for what your target audience is. Correct. I imagine. I yeah. don't know. I'm. 
I'm I, so intrigued. I, I mean, if I think, that's what they're trying to do, they've succeeded. I think the the key element to this story is going to be very much parody and playing with parody and, and interpretation of what Barbie is and how society views Barbie. Um, and I think, you know, given our 2001 Space Odyssey reference at the beginning of this trailer, I think that's just to kind of highlight, again, the sort of fun nature that I think this this story is. And But to your point, who is the target audience? Because when you have someone like Greta Gerwig behind a movie, uh, she's a very thoughtful filmmaker. She's a thoughtful writer. And uh, it'll be interesting to see like that. That to me is the hook about seeing this movie, apart from the um, the huge cast, is the fact that she's behind it. Well, I think that's just it is the the. The 2001 A Space Odyssey fan base, uh, how much overlap is there with the Barbie fan base? And then, you know, can you like even just putting that as a reference for your trailer sort of just tells your audience, hey, listen, even if you're not maybe the biggest Barbie fan, um, but you are into like, you know, dystopian, like sci fi, <laughs> like, you know, retro sci fi movies, you might enjoy watching this take. Um Stoked to hear Dame Helen Mirren uh, in, with the narration uh, at the top of this was fantastic. Um, you know, I, I I actually, this is very much a, a teaser trailer, uh, I think, attached to that parody. Yes. I don't think the 2001 A Space Odyssey stuff is actually in the movie. I, I'm assuming, no. <laughs> I don't think it will be. I think it really? is. I think it actually is. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you that's how they introduce the Maybe. idea of Barbie. Like, I, it, it kind of, like, to me, I would not be surprised if, if that's how we are introduced to just this novelty and, and maybe the voice that Helen Mirren's playing, because yes, Helen Mirren's in it, um, is the is the founder of Barbie. maybe because okay. it, it seems like there's so going to be so this is maybe this is maybe even like world. a, a uh, in a pitch meeting uh, they're pitching Barbie exactly. to the the higher ups at Mattel or what have you um, for sure I, Greta Gerwig is incredibly talented I really loved her version of Little Women um, which again is not a movie that I <laughs> normally would dive into but I no it's I perfect love it. oh it's so good it's such a cry fest I love crying in movies uh, as you might know um, and she's got such a good way with character focused stories and I feel like usually she's directing more dramatic movies so I think this is her chance to just have a ton of fun uh, Margot Robbie in the original Barbie costume, by the way, that's the first costume Barbie ever wore mm -hmm. um, is is awesome. And I think, you know, it's it's I'm, I'm stoked to see Simu Liu in this. Ryan Gosling, I think, is going to be hilarious as Ken. Uh, I hope we get musical numbers. It looks like we at least get a dance number. We will. Everything in Barbie yeah. land is so pink. The the pink Statue of Liberty in the background. Um, I think hardcore Barbie fans who've stuck with it since you know, at least for my generation, like the 90s or even earlier with the 60s, I think there's going to be a lot of visual well, and, and a lot of little Easter yeah. eggs that are going to people are going to pop for. And I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to be a part of an audience with with people in it who are popping for these things, much like I might pop for, you know, something. Oh, look at that Star Wars thing that's happening in this Star Wars movie. Like, I'm stoked to even be, even though I'm not necessarily within that same group of people who are going to, like, freak out about, like, oh, there's the slide I had when oh, yeah. I was a kid. I think that's super cool, and I'm happy that other people are going to get the chance to kind of have those little nostalgic plays. For sure. I think that the the interesting aspect of this movie, as I mentioned before, is, is the level of parody. You know, we did get weird and Al, an Al Yankovic story mm -hmm. this past year and and it very much played fast and loose with parody and I think that that's 
what we'll kind of see here. Not to say that that's influence, but I think that, again, that's a bit of a primer maybe for how the Barbie uh, story is handled, where it's not necessarily a uh, lofty perspective of, of Barbie being this perfect doll, uh, which, you know, she's she's toyed as I think this is very much a, a reflection on, on what Barbie means to representation of women mm-hmm. and and that that sort of juxtaposition and the idolism and, and whatnot. And and, and that, I just love that in this, you know, in, in, even in this this instance with the, the 2001 Space Odyssey parody, you know, just like the way her legs look when they're the kids are yeah, standing her toes around. Are not real at all. Plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It, it looks like a, it almost looks like like a, a, a very accurate Barbie doll foot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I, I think that they're nailing the, the aesthetic of this sort of clean, vibrant world of, of Barbie land that that will have, I think, audiences, as as you said, like that are fans that I think at this point, like there's people that are Barbie fans, but I, I almost would say like historians and like sure. people toy who historians. love the history yeah. of Barbie. Yeah, toy historians are going to appreciate and value based on what the connotation and, and the commentary is. So I don't know if you guys have been getting it, but I've been seeing ads over the Christmas holidays for Barbie that are entirely different and about how Barbie is is a different oh, character, yeah. is a different person. And so I think it's 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 almost aligned with a bit of a rebrand of how to look at the the Barbie uh, brand. Yeah, it's going to take all the things that that Barbie has stood for over the years and completely flip it on its head. And I'm excited for that. I, I, I'm going to say some stuff that Kevin's going to be like, well, I'm out of this movie. Uh, and then I'm going to say some stuff that's going to bring him right back in. OK, here's the deal. Barbie Land straight up giving me Speed Racer Wachowski Speed Racer vibes like 100 percent. Yeah, there you go. He's out. Okay, <laughs> Now let me bring you back in. OK, here we go. Um, the the Barbie verse. Enter the Barbie verse. Okay, multiple versions of Barbie here. We know that there were different versions of Barbie. There's different types of Barbies out there. There's different versions of Kens. Are we gonna get multiple Kens? Are we gonna see Barbie's sisters in this? I think there's a whole aspect that they can play with with having the, the sort of the multiple Barbies. The movie is being described by some people, some insiders, as uh, Elf meets the Truman Show, which is very intriguing for me um, because I think you've got that sort of more dramatic side that you can get from the Truman Show with the fish out of water or elf out of the North Pole sort of, or the Barbie out of Barbie land sort of idea. And, you know, we've seen pictures of the behind the scenes of Barbie and Ken in their rollerblading outfits around, surrounded by seemingly not Barbie land people, but regular uh, people. And so it's going to be really interesting to see where do they, where do they put them? Uh, The last thing I want to throw out here, and this is not going to happen, but an MCU, a Mattel Cinematic Universe. Get me Masters of the Universe in here, Polly Pocket, Mighty Max. You could even do the Uno card game for all I care. Uh, but give, give me that run by Greta Gerwig. And then when she screws it up, we'll get James Gunn in to fix it. I think would be a really great, uh, <laughs> a great thing. Maybe in 2029 when Avatar 7 comes out, I think it would be a really great idea. <laughs> uh, well... There you go. Nate just blowing things <laughs> up. Very much like our next trailer oh. that we will be talking about. Oh. <laughs> from bombshell to um, bomb? This, Is that what we're doing? Oh. Yeah, well, from bombshell <laughs> to bombs. I, the, the puns are, are endless. We're talking about Oppenheimer, directed and written by Christopher Nolan. Uh, this also has a very stacked cast. 
we're talking Cillian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Jack Quaid, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, uh, Rami Malek, Josh Hartnett. Like, where the hell has he been? Uh, Josh Peck. Uh, Josh Peck? Uh, we got, uh, yeah, Josh what? Peck. Also, where has he been? Yeah. Benny Sat, uh, David Desmelchian. Uh, Matthias Schwein- Schweinholfer, who we've, we, we, we talked about for, uh, the, the army of, of the dead series. Uh, who else we got? We got Dane, Dane DeHaan, Kenneth Brogna, Gary Oldman, uh, Ben Affleck. I don't know if that's true. Jason Clark, <laughs> Casey Affleck. Um, and uh, I did see, I think I did see Alden Elrich in this trailer, uh, as well. Um, and, and the list goes on. There's there's a ton of people in this movie. Um, this is also releasing July 21st, 2023, the same day as Barbie. So it's very fitting that these two trailers came out this week. Uh, this is, as I mentioned, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Uh, Oppenheimer is an IMAX shot epic thriller that thrusts audience into to the pulse-pounding paradox of an enigmatic man who must risk destroying the world in order to save it physicist j robert oppenheimer works with a team of scientists during the manhattan projects leading to the development of the atomic bomb um this movie looks great i'm getting mad interstellar vibes uh just things running parallel uh the visuals that you see of of sort of what looks like the internal mechanism of 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 an atomic bomb blowing up almost to kind of juxtapose with the idea of the idea of inception of, of a concept of building something out of your mind and you know you have this very somber uh narration from um, from Cillian Murphy that seems to almost have con- conflict with what he's building understanding that it could be for good but is being used for bad and what the idea of more or less the idea of people need to see how bad it can be like i think after the events of Hiroshima, it's very clear that atomic the atomic bomb was was a bad idea and 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 whatnot. But it didn't stop countries from trying to hold atomic weapons of mass destruction, obviously, as a sense of power. But that said, it's 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 an interesting aspect how you know Nolan's going to be kind of diving, I think, into the psyche of Oppenheimer and and how that kind of led to the atomic bomb. I think it looks great. I think this is probably one of my most anticipated movies of 2023. How about you guys? You know what? I, uh, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's interesting with Nolan, right? I think after Tenet, it kind of, that one didn't quite do, um, it was very Christopher Nolan. I just don't know narratively if that Mm. one hit, whereas here he's working off of a, a book, um, by Kai Bird and um, and then Martin Sherwin, I believe, uh, and so he's 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 kind of adapting that material, and I'm wondering if that's going to work towards you know the movie uh, narratively. I think that might be in for its benefit. Um, seeing the explosion in reverse right at the top of the trailer, very Christopher Nolan. Thi- the guy loves time. He loves time. Everything time. He just is, he's in love with time. And so uh, that was a very <laughs> Christopher Nolan shot. Um, but, you know, I think Cillian Murphy, he's always been super talented. And I don't know if enough people have given him his flowers over the years. I think he's going to be fantastic in this. And it it looks intense. Uh, I'm happy to see that Florence Pugh is in it. She's awesome. Um, and the cinematography, you know, we got we got Hoyt Van Hoytema uh, back again yeah, after Tenet and Dunkirk and uh, and Interstellar, fresh off a of Nope. Uh, I think this movie is going to 
be a spectacle, uh, if you will, but with a better story than the movie <laughs> that we talked about earlier that was a visual uh, spectacle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the I, music, like, oh, dude, we got freaking Ludwig Goranson coming in uh, again after Tenet to, to do this, and I'm very stoked. The music was giving me, though, interstellar vibes i think more than than anything yes i was like oh, okay it's that slow build sort of sound um yeah, yeah and it's also very cathedral yes. right like it feels very feels very like it's it's a monumentous in its scape but I, I i do think that like some of the the explosion the close-up the macros the, the specs and the things that you see throughout that kind of juxtapose with with the people shots and and everything else is 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 obviously very intentional and in true Nolan fashion, this this tells you nothing about the movie and and what it's really about. Only that you know the name and and the the course of history of of of, of the story that matters more more than anything else. And I think that that's very much the indication of 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 what will what we can anticipate from the movie. But yeah, this this looks this looks great. I'm I'm very glad that as we get to the end of 2022. You know, we, we got this trailer and the Barbie trailer because everyone's just been wondering, you know, these two movies, both stacked casts uh, from opposite studios, Warner Brothers, Universal. And here we are. They're going head to head on on July 21st. I guess my question for you guys is which one would you get in line for first to watch Barbie or, or Oppenheimer? I think I think I'm lining up for a, a Christopher Nolan film first. That's just based on the track record, based on everything. Um I I am almost willing to bet money that one of them moves. These seem like two big movies that putting them up against each other doesn't make sense, and you're going to split your audiences. So I bet you one moves before July. We'll have to see. Um, mm. But like, it was interesting how you mentioned Tenet Nate, and you know that one tried. I don't know if it succeeded, but it tried to do you know a narrative so differently than than we'd ever really seen before this looks like it has the potential to be one of the most traditional films nolan has ever made mm. uh and that kind of excites me you know to do what you do visually and storytelling wise but in a traditional way where you're not simply trying to be different uh that that kind of excites me that there's more attention left to the story I'm, I'm kind of excited for that possibility i think i'm gonna be like one of those people yeah, I think that was... in the memes uh that you might have seen online i don't know if you guys have seen these memes but it's like a picture of someone in like a, a nice suit and it's like me going to see oppenheimer and then they then they're in the same suit but it's like beautifully pink and they're like and, and then watching barbie immediately after and i think that's gonna be honestly i'm down to do a double bill as long as christopher would, nolan's not in the same it, sure right? i would do it i i think that's that's what I'm going to end up doing. I was actually going to say I Let's probably will go see them back to back same day. I probably will see uh, Oppenheimer first and then go see uh, uh, Barbie. I don't think Oppenheimer is going to end agree with, <laughs> with yeah. as happy a note as I think what Barbie will do. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I for could sure. Be wrong. For sure. But <laughs> for sure. But I, I totally agree with you, Kevin. I think that the, the, the problems with, with Tenet is that it was – almost too bold and too much of a risk take for for Nolan to really kind of dive into like something that's completely unique and and really does kind of it leaves you kind of confused with the story to to the point that you're making this movie feels like it might be a return to form with a focus on a specific character that's very easy to follow that doesn't incorporate time travel and and all of these other elements that are mind-bending and really do make you question does that make sense or does it not make sense because I think that was very much how how 
tenant landed but yeah july 21st um all right well that's it for trailer time uh we're wrapping it up uh here on this episode uh but before we do i'd love to close out with a little whatcha what do you guys been watching enjoying reading whatever that is um please let our listeners know yeah you know i think uh outside of the stuff that is is super embargoed uh till next year um i've been enjoying obviously getting down with some of the christmas movies um but also movies that aren't christmas movies you know i I watched um i watched uh um sister act two recently and cried my eyeballs out and i just you got back in the habit i got back in the habit i love that movie and after hearing about (laughs) sister act three we talked about it on a twig i was like i gotta rewatch that movie and it's just like it was on tv a couple days ago and i watched it that's funny dude it's it's honestly i think december is you know it's a month for christmas movies but it's also a month where because of the winter and in canada it goes beyond december it goes into january where there can be some there can be some bouts of uh, depression going around seasonal depression and i think yeah. those 90s movies are the ones to really get you out of there now what i yeah. i actually brought to watch you though is not going to necessarily make you feel good um it's it's on crave here in canada it's from hbo came out in 2021 and people told me to watch it but i never got around to it until now uh and it's oddly really intriguing and that's white lotus um at first i couldn't understand why it was being called a comedy drama uh, but in a dark way it is kind of comedic if you don't know it follows a group of like rich people who just unleash their their worst most like privileged impulses and <laughs> i've i've finished season one and um at first i will say the first two episodes into its six episode season I wasn't really getting why why people were hyping it up so much because the first couple episodes, I'd say the cinematography and the music are really pulling the weight as far as what's enjoyable. Um, because then I, I literally texted Matt, shout out to Matt Rohrbeck from the Untitled Movie Podcast because he was talking about the show. And I was like, I was like, is this just a bunch of rich people doing rich people things set to like super intense music? Um, and Justin, I was telling you that like the music in it, it gave me the, the, the tone that the show sort of sets. It gives you those vibes of, um, of mean girls in the scene where she's talking about like the different, the different clicks and stuff like that. And you hear like the, the like Sahara music. And this is absolutely what this show is. But in six episodes, I, I think the closest thing that I can equate it to would be like a, a reality show that's really well shot and really well written. That's kind of what it feels like where you're getting into some of these dramatic situations of these rich people uh, that just like even these conversations they're having about like not getting, you know, oh, I paid for this, you know, uh, thousands of dollars room or, or you know, however much hundred thousand dollar room. But then I didn't quite get the experience I wanted to. Like they're just constantly complaining about, the all the things all the lush things that they get to experience and it's it's oddly i don't know it's 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 i i I recommend it i think it's really good i don't know i've been enjoying it the performances are incredible i i I just love that it's from the guy who wrote school of rock yeah i just what a you know mike white has come a long way from uh that mid-2000s masterpiece uh it's interesting yeah yeah i'm super stoked (laughs) yeah i've heard nothing but good things about it um even I think once when I interviewed uh, Andy Horowitz, uh, 
he was mentioning that he has been watching it and is really really good and that was during season one so uh, it's definitely something that i i'd like to like to watch but so much so much stuff outside of anything Absolutely. else right so right it's just finding the time to say you know what i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna watch, watch six that. hours yeah uh, <laughs> yeah six hours yeah. straight of of rich i would rather watch avatar 2 twice oh wow <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm wow no, i'm yeah. kidding sorry i was just teasing james cameron <laughs> <laughs> he's listening right now you gotta be careful yeah exactly <laughs> kev how about you what you been up to man? okay uh we have been watching what is, in my opinion, the best show that nobody is watching. Oh. Uh, and that's, um, uh, and I will just say the the Golden Globe nominations came out this week, and the fact that this show uh, was entirely left off of the nominations list really bothers me. Um, and I think there's, there's an issue going on at Paramount that they are not advertising their shows well enough. They've kind of got uh, Yellowstone, and they're like, that's our bread and butter, that's all we're ever going to talk about. Uh, but what they should be talking about a bit more, uh, it's maybe my favorite show of the year. It's called wow. The Offer. Um, and it is uh, a look at the making of The Godfather uh, and just the the kind of turmoil and, and turbulence that uh, that went into the making of it. It stars uh, Miles Teller, Matthew Good, who is so excellent as the character, or uh, playing Bob Evans, uh, Robert Evans, uh, movie producer, the head of Paramount at the time. You've got Dan Fogler playing Francis Ford Coppola and uh, series standout Bern Gorman as uh, Charles Bloodhorn, uh, who sort of owns Paramount. Uh, this show is awesome. It's so much fun. Uh, the characters are larger than life. And it's really fascinating to see just how difficult it was to make what, you know, is on a lot of people's, you know, greatest movies of all time. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, Paramount Plus, honestly, they need to do a better job of advertising their products because uh, that is uh, one of the better subscriptions that I have in terms of a, uh, a streaming platform just for the, the sake of Yellowstone. Uh, you've got Tulsa King with Sly Stallone and now The Offer. They've got some really, really great shows going on right now, so people need to give them a little love. Go check them out. Uh, but yeah, The Offer is a lot of fun. I really, really recommend it. And again, I am devastated that it got ignored uh, by the Globes. Well, you know, after canceling my Paramount Plus because of what they did to my boy Master Chief, uh, I this is this is intriguing. I will ask though, uh, Kevin, do I need to have? Watched... <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled by all the Godfather fans. Do I need to watch the Godfather before I watch this show? No, I think I I don't think that the making of the Godfather um, as a story. Um, it needs you to have seen the movie. I think it's just fascinating. You know The Godfather. You know what it is. You know what it means for cinema. Right. Um, the, the, the legacy it has. And I think just just knowing, just having that information is all you really need to be fascinated by the, the process that went behind making it and how difficult it really was to put together. So it's almost like winning time then or like kind of like Ted Lasso where like I wasn't into... I, I get into those sports and understanding more about them because of sort of the behind the scenes stuff. So I feel like, like after watching Ted Lasso uh, and welcome to, to Wrexham, like those kind of really pushed me into being like, Oh, now I want to learn more about this. So, um, and I mean, speaking of Ted Lasso, Juno Temple is in it. So 
Uh, She's that's terrific in this that's as well. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think I don't think you need to have seen The Godfather to watch it, but I think by the end of it, you'll want you'll to go watch, watch it, it okay. just because of you know the process behind it. Uh, yeah, so I, I really, really recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Matthew Good again is so good um, in his role. It's a shame that uh, you know I, I had never really even heard of it. Yeah. Until I sort of just went, wait a minute, what is this all about? So uh, I heard yeah. about it in April. I remember hearing about it early in the year about like this show coming out, and um, yeah, I don't think it, to your point, I don't think it was advertised well. Um, but I, I remember hearing about it a, a while back, but I'm glad that it, it, it is good and it's enjoyable and people, you know, like, like yourself are, are actually sharing why you like it. Cause again, like you said, like, I think word of mouth for, for these streaming platforms as they get into the game is, is the biggest thing. If they have original content, um, they, they should be, you know, advertising it and trying to get it in, in, in front of as many eyes as, as possible so that they can, you know showcase what what they what they have to offer because it is very much you know what's what's the sell what's the what's the worth of joining these streaming platforms if you're not going to necessarily market we've we've seen on all sides this past year from disney to netflix to amazon how things are advertised and and bolstered you know what i mean even hbo max to a certain degree with game of thrones and and stuff like that so yeah everyone everyone wants a piece of that and they want to show their content so yeah do you know paramount should probably do better at showcasing what they got so um for myself like i said i've been just watching christmas movies and like nate was saying there's some stuff that we got for 2023 that uh, we can't necessarily talk about uh so i've been fairly boring uh (laughs) in terms of the whatcha uh also given we're two months in with with a, a newborn so it's 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 hard to find time to sit down and watch a two and a half hour movie let alone a three hour epic like james cameron wants you to but uh, nonetheless it's it's time well spent um but yeah it's that time of the year it's christmas enjoying some good christmas movies uh rewatched elf uh which is always like my staple to like kick the holidays off and uh now i'm just trickling down through the list uh like i said i usually leave home alone and home alone uh too for closer to christmas um die hard is usually a christmas eve thing i like watching die hard christmas eve i know it's not a christmas movie it's a Christmas movie. Uh, it's got Christmas themes to it. I, I know Bruce Willis has said it's not a what Christmas does he know? movie, so I'll go by the. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah. given the fact that uh, the movie is 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 get, you know has the Christmas themes, and a lot of people have always said that it is Christmas, I always tend to watch it. But Christmas at the Cranks, uh, I love that one with Tim Allen and uh, um, uh, Jamie Lee. Oh, fuck, what's her name? Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Man, that movie is awesome. That movie is so much fun. That is a a a almost like a rehash of uh, National Lampoon's uh, sort of uh, story, but you know, really kind of the Christmas magic. So, gotta love it. So that's probably next on my list. Well, you know what's a good Christmas movie, <clears throat> and I can't believe I'm saying this. Spirited, mm. with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell over really? on Apple Plus. I can't believe oh, yeah. I enjoyed it as much as I did. I mm. went into it ready to just hate the living hell out of this thing uh, and was almost blown away. It was really, really entertaining. It's a really good story. Even the musical numbers are good. Uh, so if I'm saying a musical's good, go check it out. Honestly, wow. Spirited. It's a five-star rating right there. Right there. the hell out of me. I'm, I've, I've <laughs> literally only heard 
the complete opposite. So I'm I'm now I might really? give it a chance. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know what people are looking for yeah, if they I, don't enjoy that. I think <laughs> that is definitely one that's on the list, especially that have come out this year. Like I'm gonna rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special probably sometime over the Christmas break, and then I definitely think that uh, uh, Spirited will definitely get watched because it's new, and I've been saving it for Christmas. Uh, even though if it's if it's bad, because I, I think you're right, like it's it's not having heard great reviews. Well, there's a new Scrooge, a Christmas Carol on Netflix, animated that I've heard is uh, pretty pretty good. Um, so that might be one mm. to to check out as well if you're looking for for new iterations of like the same stories <laughs> over and over again uh, or just watch the original stuff honestly maybe just go watch the original yeah well i got you know the muppets version of a carol uh christmas carol is yeah classic that's an all-time classic. banger there that's yeah it. that's it yeah, that's a banger right so i got definitely that's definitely on the list as well um well guys that is it for this episode of This Week in Geek. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show and let us know your thoughts on any of the news or trailers that we've covered here today or any of the stuff that we cover, well, you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest movies and TV shows out now, including our spoiler-free review for Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, maybe you're one of the millions of people who haven't seen it yet, or maybe you're one of the millions of people that have <laughs> seen it. Either way, uh, it's a good time. Uh, join us because we use the word spectacle a lot. Like, like um, here's a deal. Okay, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that review yet, plan a drinking game with your friends. Drink responsibly, but plan a drinking game with your friends. And anytime yeah, you hear the word spectacle, take a shot. You will be hammered yeah, sure. by the end of that. And then you'll you'll yeah. probably want to yeah. watch Avatar three times over. Yeah, and we also support weed smoking. Sure. So if you want to like, hit a joint every, every time, time, there you go. Totally that works fine. too. The, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> um, uh, we also have our spoiler free for reviews for a variety of Disney Plus content, including the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, National Treasure, The Edge of History, and our spoiler free review for Strange World, which was in theaters and is now coming to Disney Plus, I believe, as of December 23rd. Okay, there you go. So if you want to hear our spoiler free review before you check that out on Disney Plus, feel free. Um, we also have our uh, spoiler free reviews for a variety of Netflix series like Wednesday. Uh, which uh, is oh, getting great reviews. Up. Everyone's Everyone. loving it. Yeah, it's blown so up good. huge. Uh, so definitely go che- check oh. that out. If you- <laughs> Yo, Kevin, don't say that, okay? No, we just great. lost all the TikTokers listening. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> As well, uh, we have our review for Ryan Johnson's uh, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, uh, which is also hitting Netflix December 23rd. So it had a one-week theater release. Uh, the boys here got to go check it out and share their thoughts uh, early so you can listen to that ahead of its release on December 23rd. Also, looking ahead into 2023, I'm happy to share with you that we are starting yet another watch club in early January for The Bad Batch Season 2, as well as we have some fun interviews with uh, some of the cast and writers. Uh, And speaking of interviews, we have a ton of interviews for you to enjoy, uh, both on podcast feeds and on the YouTube channel at YouTube dot com slash geek centric uh it's been a great year for mm-hmm. for interviews our, our most recent interviews feature some of the uh, cast of avatar the way of water which is available on our youtube channel again at youtube.com slash geek centric uh and we have uh, some snippets on our we social, have a tiktok uh, now justin on, yeah we do have a tiktok we have a tiktok you can find us on tiktok uh at just search up geek centric and you should find us you'll see our little logo and all that stuff go give all those episodes a listen and a watch uh subscribe to our our social 
Um, we're, and uh, yeah, we are excited for 2023. Nate, Kevin, that is it. We are wrapped on 2022. We are putting a bow on this thing. Looking forward to 2023. It's crazy to think uh, over this past year, we've, we've released over 145 episodes Ooh. consisting of reviews, interviews, and episodes like this where we get to geek out together about the stuff we love. And I am very much looking forward to 2023 with the Geek-Centric crew. But until then, as we say, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone. If you're listening to this, thank you so much. Thank you very much for for supporting us. Um, but I also want to wish my lovely co-hosts, um, you know, who aren't joining us uh, today, Megan and Darcy, a wonderful uh, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas to them and theirs, and of course to you two beautiful gentlemen uh, in the Discord in front of me, uh, Kevin, Justin. I know we said it during our our you know our little geek-centric holiday party that we had. Um, but Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, love you guys, and uh, yeah, love you. Oh, that was so sweet. I won't even try to uh, replicate <laughs> that. But, uh, you know, for everyone uh, going out, visiting friends and family, uh, just uh, be careful, be safe, get home safe, guys. Happy Holidays to you and yours, and uh, peace. Peace.